This is Strange Assembly episode 278, The Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there on the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Today is going to be the second of my games that are getting played in here in stay-at-home order land. And the game I'm going to be talking about today is The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness is primarily published by Artipia Games in the United States. It's published by Stronghold Games, the retail version. So, for example, I personally, my base game is the Stronghold Games retail version, and then my expansions are from Artipia Kickstarters. And the reason why The Pursuit of Happiness has been one of the games that's gotten played here while we're all staying at home is that I've had the base game for a while now, and my elder kid particularly likes it. And so when the most recent Kickstarter came up for The Pursuit of Happiness, I backed for the I get all of the expansion stuff and the Kickstarter promos and such that I hadn't gotten because I hadn't participated in the prior Kickstarters. And that Kickstarter delivery arrived just as we were getting into all of this shelter-in-place stuff here. So that was a a happy coincidence, if you will. Mechanically, this is a fairly straightforward euro in that right? you are getting resources and turning them into other resources, and then that's going to translate to victory points. And the theme of the game is life. You start out in childhood, and the game goes until you die. And over the course of the game, you are going to participate in activities, you are going to buy stuff, you are probably going to have a job, you are probably going to have some sort of relationship, and throughout all of that, you are trying to accumulate long-term happiness, which is what they call victory points in this game. Actions are time. You have a certain amount of time in every stage of your life. You can use that to take basic actions like starting a project or buying an item or starting a job or starting a relationship. You can use it to take card actions, which would be things like or progressing more on that project that you started or taking that relationship to the next level. The resources you use to do this are creativity, knowledge, and influence, or as my family insists on calling them, light bulbs, books, and handshakes, because that's what the tokens look like. And the course of the game is that everything takes a little bit of time, right? Projects tend to move your resources around while generating victory points. Maybe this takes knowledge, but it generates creativity, or it takes creativity and it generates influence, you know, depending on what the, the nature of the activity is. Items are essentially ways to try to turn money into happiness. Jobs are essentially a way of turning time into money. (laughs) And then relationships cost time and generate some resources, but especially long-term happiness. And so you have this natural feeling 
sequence over the course of the game sometimes where early on in life you have more time and then as you get a job and then you get promoted at the job and then you have a relationship and then you decide to start to have a family all of a sudden more and more of your time actions every turn get occupied by those things that happen all the time right you you have money and you have people but you just don't have time and so you'll end up kind of trying to use the money that you have to buy stuff uh, whereas if you when you're in the stages of life where you have relatively a lot of time you have a lot more ability to complete projects feels painfully accurate sometimes <laughs> and throughout all of this there is a a great sense of humor in the the game and a lot of you know nerd nerd service or geek service i guess would be the better word as well right you of course amongst the activities and the projects and the things you can buy and all that you can have a board game collection you can paint miniatures the sort of things that one as a, a member of the the hobby community would buy now obviously we like this game because if we didn't really like the original base game of the pursuit of happiness certainly would not have gone back and backed any sort of Kickstarter. But I did, and so I wanted to sort of go through, at least briefly, what the expansions are and whether or not I think that those expansions and the Kickstarter extras, do they add much to the game? What do they change up? So, so the framework of, exp of the expansions is essentially that there are two large expansions, one called Community, one called Experiences. Each of those, as well as the base game, had a Kickstarter, so there's three sets of Kickstarter promos, and there's also a mini expansion called Thug Life. I'm going to go through those in essentially chronological order about what they add into the game and how effective that is. So the, the first set of Kickstarter promos adds in events. These are items that come up every turn, and they will tell you something that's going to happen on the following turn. And you have then have the opportunity to either prepare to get a benefit or prepare in order to avoid a penalty. So if the thing that's going to happen next turn is taxes, then that is giving you advance notice that you're going to lose some money at the beginning of the next turn. And if you don't have the money to lose, then that's going to cost you long-term happiness. You can also get trends. These will create three random project types that get picked at the start of the game and you get extra long-term happiness. So the projects might be a health project, or a politics project, or an arts project. And so it, it's just going to be a random one of those. The second two parts of the Kickstarter One promos are pets and standalone jobs. Pets, they're not items, but they go in the, the deck with the items that you gain with the spend action. And a pet, you get once right when it comes out, and then they age over the next turn or two. And then the, the final stage of each of the pets as they age is called goodbye friend. So you get short-term happiness essentially while you have the pet and maybe a little bit of victory points. And then if you make sure that the pet is healthy as long as it can stay until you get to goodbye friend. And then you get short-term unhappiness, but you gain long-term happiness. So short-term unhappiness makes it, or short-term happiness, makes it more or less expensive to do projects. The more short-term happiness you are, the fewer resources it takes to work on projects, whereas the long-term happiness was the victory points. Standalone jobs 
function in the same way rules-wise as the normal jobs, but they don't have the promotion possibility. The original sets of jobs, you go from a level one art job to a level two art job to a level three art job. They have names, but they all function in the same way. Every time you 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 know you do the thing, you pay resources in, you get money back out, right? The standalone jobs are more like free. I don't know. I don't know if even freelancing is the thing. There's like you're out on your own. You don't have a boss, but therefore you can't get promoted. So one of them is like stand-up comedian, and for those. They have the same upkeep effect of taking time to getting to get money, but you don't have the option of getting promoted, but you have the option to quote unquote work harder. And if you are working harder, that lets you put in even more resources to get more money or other resources back out of your job. These four categories of things, events, trends, pets, and standalone jobs. I think fit into essentially the two categories of things that get added throughout all of these various expansions. And those are things that just add essentially twists on what you've already got and can be integrated with what you already have without much muss or fuss. And then you've got a set of things that up the complexity level. And what you'll find as I go through this, that at least for us, we ultimately don't think that you want to add too much in the way of things that up the complexity level that you already when you're playing this game especially when we're playing it we're playing as as a family we're not playing that as something to be a super heavy game you, you already have a lot of different cards out you're already trying to figure out the ways to massage this resources into that and figure out how to do it with your action economy and if you throw in all of the stuff in all of these expansions, which we've done, <clears throat> it really ups the complexity level of what you have to track. You have to think about this extra kind of action and that extra kind of action. And like with the events and the trends, now you have to think about what's going to happen next turn with the event, as well as which things are more or less advantageous because of the trend. So it, it gives you the ability to push the complexity up if you play the base game and you think, hey, this is the game I, I want this is a game that I would like to be more complex, but if you play the base game and you like where it is complexity wise, you probably don't want to add too many more of these in. So the trends and the events did not add a, a ton in the way of flavor. We like the events better because they're a little bit more flavorful. The trends are really just let's push people to buy a particular kind of item. And it's usually more interesting, we thought, when you have a little bit more freedom to buy a particular kind of item, because it let the players buy things that caught their fancy a little bit more freely, which is why pets are great, because people love pets. Yes, you can get the the hamsters, or you can get the dog. There's several versions of getting a dog. If you want a pet that's not going to get to the goodbye friend stage before the game is over, you can get a turtle. The standalone jobs are I like to add in. They don't have a particular flavor excitement to them, but they vary up what the jobs can do. And the jobs can feel kind of samey because between all those different science jobs and arts jobs and whatever, it's just a question of precisely what the resource exchange is. What are you does this take a little bit more creativity or a little bit more knowledge to get that eleven bucks every turn out of it? So pets 
very exciting. Standalone jobs, not exciting, but a, a solid addition. Events, like, okay, a little complexity, but there's some flavor to them. Trends, that's really only if you want to push, I think, just the things that you want to keep track of. And those are all things that appear in the Kickstarter 1 promos. The first major expansion is called Community. Again, it just has more cards generally. That's a positive thing. It has more variety and relationship options. So again, just like the the jobs in the original base game can be a little samey in the way the requirements work, the relationships, they can do that as well. You'll start to see as you add in the expansions, there's going to be a, a bigger variety of what kind of conditions there are to advance any relationship. The relationships by default go from first date to like just having a relationship to starting a family. And you'll you'll see a little bit more variety in those, especially as you get later on to people who like, there is no start a family stage because this person is not interested in that. Not a thing you can do. But that, so you'll see that in community. Community is also where you see a, the fifth player content. So if you want a fifth player, the game does not really change much with fifth player. Most of the card rows, you're not going to have the ability to add another card to them, but the cards don't really get tighter because they all just get replaced immediately anyway. The place where that's different is in jobs and relationships because they don't immediately get refilled, but that mostly only matters for like this the the very first like uh, like first adult phase because people only need one job. Unless you have like two of you who end up with arch jobs and you both want that promotion to come up, it 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 can affect things. It can make it a little tighter, but it's not really gonna you know drastically change the way the game works. So like a lot of Euro games, adding the fifth player in is kind of just like playing the four-player game, but slower. So it's it's one of those things that's not exciting, but I, and I suspect many, many of you have been out there and think where you've like, well, there's five of us and we want to play a game. So, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, people always want this fifth-player option, even though we all know that it often kind of just makes it the same game, but slower. But the major addition for community is this community board. It gives you a new player marker, so you'll see this in experiences as well, community and experiences, the two major expansions. You get a a new player marker in addition to your normal time that you can spend, because to add these extra boards with extra actions to let you really use them, they've got to give you more actions in a turn, because it's very tight in the base game. You would just have a hard time getting out to do all the things in the game. So you get a new, you get another action you can take every turn, but it can only be taken on this board. And it lets you participate in some activity. And the way that these are are different from the others, because you already have, in, in the base game, you already have a few different ways you can interact with the projects and the items. Like, items tend to be, you buy them, and then you get a bump, and then every turn you have a small upkeep and you get some extra benefit out of it. There are one-time projects where you just pay an amount and get a reward. There are ongoing projects where you've got the card in front of you and you've got the option to progress further down. There are group projects that are like one-time projects, but everybody has the opportunity to jump in on it, and the more of you do it, the more the rewards get. A community action is something that 
you assign and you immediately get some sort of benefit. It's usually a fairly small benefit, likely not even a cost associated with it. Then later at the end of the turn, you can choose which one of these desired outcomes. Like there's a barbecue. And so when you put your community marker there, you're saying, well, I'm, I'm doing the barbecue thing. I'm going to host a barbecue for the, the community. And then later at the end of the turn, you can basically, you can like, I'd say you can figure out at the end of the turn, but of course you really want to figure it out when you assign your marker, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. You can figure out, okay, do I want this to be like a low-key low thing, or am I having everyone over for some big, huge, massive event? And, you know, each of those, there's a certain amount of resources input for that, and then there's a certain amount of reward that comes after that. You can also get popularity, which is a new mechanic, which essentially popularity can translate into long-term happiness, it turns out. So it's an interesting difference. I, I do, because it's very, very important, I'm glad that they gave you an extra marker to use for it. The biggest downside of the community expansion, frankly, was, again, just is that is that you got to assess it in terms of complexity thing. Because now, especially for the players who are not as, as into heavier level stuff, you've got to plan out for, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do this now for a cost benefit. And then at a time certain, at the end of this round, there's going to be a cost benefit, and I have to be able to keep track of that. And and again, depending on how many of these things you're piling on, if you have to keep track of that for event and for the community board and for some other things, that can add a lot more longer range planning, not just like general ideas of what you're going to do, but like you absolutely have to have this exact resource at this exact time. You can complex it up a little bit, but, but it's solid nonetheless. The promos that were accompanied the community expansion if you happen to get it on Kickstarter at, at the time. And again, I got it in a, in a later Kickstarter. They have friends. These are cards that you, you put one of these friend cards in between each pair of players. So you're going to have access to two of them, one between you and the player on your left, one between you and the player on your right. And you can assign an action there to spend time with that friend. And these are essentially, mechanically, these are just going to be kind of superior versions of the basic get a resource action. So the basic resource, get a resource action on the board, which you don't take a lot except right at the beginning, are going to be get three creativity, get three knowledge, get three money, that sort of thing. You assign to a friend, it's going to be like, I get two creativity and two money, or I get two knowledge and two influence. But only one of the players can assign to that friend every game round, right? That friend only had, they also only have so much time. And every time you assign to the friend, you're going to move a tracker on them closer. Basically, how much time you've spent with the friend and whether or not you spend more time. And at the end of the game, you can get long-term happiness based on this person considering you being more of a friend to you than the other player. It gives a little bit more incentive to actually take these resource actions, honestly. Uh, and you always have the option to not do it. It doesn't require a ton of planning. It, it's not a huge deal, but I, I like that added on. They added in... A slightly different kind of life goal. One of the things I did not mention earlier, as because there's all these moving parts and these things, there are life goals, which are just a variable victory point goal at the end of the game. The person who dies with the most money wins, you know, gets some victory points, that sort of thing. The ongoing life goals are things that it checks every round. And again, there are more pets, there are more standalone jobs. There was a mini expansion called Thug Life. This did not have any new mechanics. It's just a different twist on it. And I picked this up along with the I'm getting everything bundle. For us, 
I felt like this expansion didn't really work out. I didn't even really want to play it with the kids because it's got this sort of humorification and semi-glorification of this criminal activity. It's switching it from things like, oh, I'm going to, you know, start a board game collection or buy a giant TV to I'm going to buy cocaine or I'm going to go, like, do home invasions. And if you like that kind of humor, then that's going to play to you well because the humor is generally well executed throughout. The, I mean, it's a very mild sort of humor, but right, that, that sort of lightheartedness is usually very well executed throughout the Pursuit of Happiness series. It's just that for this particular expansion, that uh, did not, it, it didn't feel right to me. I That's not something I was particularly excited with. I wasn't like, oh yeah, this will be great to play with the kids. So that kind of just got set to the side. I I'm also wasn't quite sure why some of the relationship cards were in there. I mean, some of them you could get. They're interesting mechanically, and like there's one relationship that you can only start the relationship if you're already in a relationship. So, I mean, it's clearly, you know, presented as a, oh, you're cheating on your current partner card. And so that's why it's in the you're, you're a bad person expansion. There was one where like you could, where the relationship, it was starting a relationship with two other people at once. That's unorthodox. I'm not sure why that's in the same milieu as the sort of mean-spirited criminal activity. So that was uh, Thug Life. Now, the second major expansion, and this was the third of the Kickstarters, and so this is the Kickstarter that I got all of this expansion content through, is Experiences. It has two major add-ons, and one of those is there's an Experiences section, and there's this Dream Board. And again, like Community, they work with this new marker. The Dream Board essentially lets you reserve cards. So you can use this, this extra marker. One of the two things it can be used for is to reserve a card. You take a card, you put it on your Dream Board. It sits there. If it sits there longer, it becomes worth more. It becomes worth victory points. If you are gonna, if you actually accomplish your dream, if you never do, you lose a victory point. It just gives you a way to reserve stuff. It's not that big a deal, but its primary use with a lot of folks honestly seemed to be, oh, I think that's cool. I can't really. I don't really have a mechanical reason to need to reserve this, but I think that it would be fun to have a German Shepherd or whatever. So I'm gonna grab that pet. Because the pets were popular, right? May I mention that pets pets were popular. We're we're not yet to the more the more most popular edition, but pets were a big start of that. So the other aspect of this was experiences. So experiences are another sort of thing, along with right with buying stuff or doing projects. So experiences, some of them are activities, some of them are trips. So it might be like you know go ice fishing, or it might be go to China, or it might be do this sort of sculpture, whatever whatever it was that you were doing. And the way that they worked mechanically is that it doesn't cost you anything to plan the experience. So planning the experience is the thing you can do with your new dream marker in addition to reserving cards. You can reserve a card or you can plan an experience. And it doesn't cost you anything to plan the experience. And it gives you a benefit usually when you plan the experience. But you have to have a certain certain threshold. So you might have to have seven creativity sitting there before you can even start planning this experience. You take the experience, and then later in the game, you can take an action to actually go on the experience, which is a fairly straightforward spend resources. Spend resources get the benefit. And there's no downside. If you plan experiences and you never go on them, 
that doesn't hurt you in any way. They don't take up, you know, one of your slots. Like you've only got, you, you don't only have so many projects and jobs and relationships going on. And then you start taking stress, which kills you faster, literally. <laughs> right? The planning doesn't do that. There's no downside to planning that trip to China, but never actually going. There's no downside to planning that trip to China, but never actually going. So those are solid. They're a different way to arrange things. You don't get punished, really, in any way. If you, like I said, if you take one, you don't do it. So it can add more complexity, but it's a little less punishing in the extra planning and complexity. The final thing that the experiences expansion add in, adds in, and I will tell you the single most popular thing added in in any of these expansions was that it has kids. In the base game and through all of these expansions before this, when you choose the option to raise a family in a relationship, it takes time for you to deal with that and you get more long-term happiness about it, out of it, but it's a very generic sort of experience. When you have kids, you have the option. You never have to do this, which is another reason why this is positive. If you as a player don't want to deal with it, you can just take the normal rewards. You can choose to have a kid. Or possibly kids. You pull off a deck. You don't get to like, pick who your kid is, right? And it's possible that the twins card comes out, and then you have to pick the next two cards, and there you go. <laughs> I guess if you hit the other twins card, I think you might stop at triplets as the maximum you can theoretically get in one go. But when you progress to the raise of family stage, you can choose to take one of these kids' cards. And you get an immediate benefit. And then at the beginning of each turn, the kids will age. And the kids age, right, whether you like it or not. So if you put absolutely nothing into the kid, the kid is still going to go from a child to a teenager to an adult. That's going to happen. But they each have requirements as they're moving into teenagerhood, as they're moving into adulthood. If you can meet those requirements for the kid, it will give you some sort of reward. If you can't, then you will suffer stress. So again, stress is uh, a thing you have to watch out for, or it can prematurely end your game, because that's when the game ends, right? When you die. When you start raise a family, you can choose to have a kid at any of the adult stages of the game. When you start the turn, you can choose to have another kid. Again, now, if you choose to have these, if you choose to have like three kids out at once, it's a decent amount more that you have to manage as far as I need to get this resource so I can do that, or I need to have that sort of project started so I can discard it because I'm doing it with a kid or, you know, whatever conceptually that is. But you always have the choice not to do that. So it gives a really great flavor aspect to it while only giving an optional extra amount of complexity. And altogether, like, if you were going to say, okay, do you want to get the community expansion or do you want to get the experiences expansion? I would definitely, we like the experiences expansion better. Again, the, the single highest point of all the expansions, kids went with the experiences expansion, the uh, dream board and the trips and happenings of the experiences. They did not produce the same level of planning on the part of the players who did not want the complexity level increased as the community board did because the community board really forced you to engage in that every turn so definitely recommend the experiences community you want to think about what kind of extra complexity level you want to kick in but then there's also the the kickstarter three promos I, I, kind of like most of the promos these these are really just solid additions if you like the games now i, I mean i don't know what you have to pay for these if you get them on ebay or if there's going to be another Kickstarter, which would be the other place you'd get these. 
But the Kickstarter 3 promos, it has more kids. It has more partners because it introduces single parent relationship partners. So you can start a relationship with someone who comes with a kid. There are group items, which are, right, they're group projects, but now they're items. They work exactly the same. They introduce a slightly different kind of project called higher education. There are health activities. You can become healthier during the course of the game if you spend time working at it, which can let you live longer and therefore let your game last a little longer. I'm usually personally very, very fond of, in any of these sorts of games, investing as much as I can and having like more workers, more resources, which is what the equivalent of, of this is here. It gives you more time markers, right? They're not particularly efficient in pursuit of happiness. They take a lot of investment up front. If you don't do them when they're young, they just don't pay off. And so adding these health activities into the spend deck, they work the same really as projects do, but it increases the chance that one of these is actually going to come up at a relevant time, which is, you know, right away, essentially. So I'm glad that those were in there. They add in another class of job. I mentioned they have arts jobs and science jobs. Now they have safety or security jobs. So these are military or police or that, that sort of thing. They function the same way as the standard jobs do, where there's three levels and there's a promotion. Uh, however, the resource investment for all of them is less than the standard jobs. But to make up for that, they always ding you for stress. So less resources you have to spend to get the benefit out of it, but more stress that you take. And there are ways to, to clear stress before it permanently affects your health. So again, I like these kind of like the reason I liked the, the standalone jobs, because they just add some more variety into a deck that's, that's otherwise kind of samey. They also add in store owners. The store owners, like the standalone jobs, have no possibility of promotion because you already own the place. Instead of having a work harder option, they have, I don't know, I'm going to call it an investment option. I don't know what it, 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 it conceptually, it probably would be similar to work harder or, or whatever, but you can, or maybe it's work longer. Every turn they build up counters and you can later in the game take a card action to sell your business. And the more counters you've built up, the more you get back out of that. So it lets you, you know, you can start your store, work it for four turns or whatever, and then sell it off. And because you put all this time into it, you've made it a successful business, right? You get more money out of it. Though again, those are the, the Kickstarter three promos. So if you like Pursuit of Happiness, and we did like Pursuit of Happiness, I think it's worth trying out. I think the Kickstarter promos, if you can get them and, you know, at a price that's reasonable, I'm not saying go out and spend... I, again, I have no idea what they are any better. Don't go out and spend a bunch on these things. I don't want to, right? We all we all have our budgets to to live in, and gaming is not the be and end all of the world. But if you, you if you're doing a Kickstarter again for this, the promos are definitely worth picking up. They're fun. They add in extra things. They're just tweaks out of the expansions. I if you like again, if you like the base game, I think experiences is definitely worth picking up. Community is the place that you get the fifth player stuff, although note that in the absence of doing a Kickstarter or, or picking it up somewhere, that you're not going to have all the pieces for a fifth player if you have the community expansion and you have the experiences expansion, because the community expansion doesn't come with the dream board or the dream marker. Now, this isn't really a deal. I mean, the dream board is literally slots for three cards, and you can grab a rock. You know, to use as the dream marker, but just 
keep that in mind if you particularly like it. I, I do have those for the fifth player because they came as part of the Kickstarter if you got both of them through the Kickstarter for experiences. But that is The Pursuit of Happiness, published primarily by Artipia Games. If you're in the United States like I am, the retail publisher is Stronghold Games. The designers are Adrian Abella and David Chercop. I definitely like the base game. It has got some, you know, fairly standard Euro sort of gameplay, but it's got a great theme that honestly, I, I'm kind of surprised that this doesn't get explored more. The whole making your best life thing is a really great theme. There's great art on the cards. I mean, this isn't like super awesome fantasy Steve Argyle art kind of thing, because but that's not that's not the style and the flavor of the game. It's it's great art for the style and the flavor of the game. It's got this very nice light sense of humor throughout it. Uh, I think it's definitely worth trying out if that theme and play style are of interest to you. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there through the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or whatever podcatching service you may use. If you're using one of those podcatching services to get this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a rating or review because it helps people find the show, but especially on Apple Podcasts or iTunes because that is still where the overwhelming majority of, of people get their podcasts, it turns out. If we are not on whatever your preferred podcatching service is, I'd like to rectify that situation. You can reach me. I'm chris at strangeassembly.com. I always love to hear your comments, feedback, constructive criticism, what have you. You can also find us on the usual social media. We are at strangeassembly on Twitter and Instagram, and we're facebook.com slash strangeassembly. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.